please help spread the message of frequency-specific microcurrent by clicking on the like button. You can subscribe to us on YouTube or any podcast app. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comments. You can find the podcast transcription at frequencyspecific.com, as well as more information about frequency-specific microcurrent. Having a conversation with one's adrenal glands when one's adrenal glands are someplace between probably Hawaii and Portland, maybe. And and maybe they should just stay in Hawaii. (laughs) That's probably what my adrenals are trying to tell me. Just stay in Hawaii. Oh, I think back to that course in, in Kona at Derrick's and what a magical um, experience oh. that was. And next summer, we are going to Derrick's just to do a masterclass. We're not even doing a core. Yeah, it was so, I don't even know what the word is, like magical, organic. The masterclass is something that it's a whole other beast all into itself. And for the practitioners that are listening, if you have not yet attended a masterclass, and in my opinion, you should have at least attended in advance because the masterclass is the pinnacle of the brain trust in one room. And for those of you that want to know what a masterclass is, it's whatever, there's no script. So somebody in the class said, okay, what's a masterclass? And I said, it's whatever you need to know to feel that your mastery has improved. What does it take to make you feel masterful? So basically in Hawaii, it's five days of Q&A and it's limited to, what do we say, 20 people? Was there 20? Yeah. And, yeah. And it is from nine to one and at one o'clock, There is no after class. At one o'clock, we say goodbye. We go to the fruit stand. We buy lily coin papayas. And then we go snorkeling. Assuming the surf's not up. It's a combination of fill your brain up. Relax. Fill your brain up. I I don't even know if it's relax. It's fill your brain up and then digest it assimilation. Yeah, it's all of it. And I think what's so amazing about the masterclass is it's similar to the advanced, like with the core, there is a script, there is information to follow. There is information you have to tell everybody, everybody has to digest that. And then they have to go home and figure out how to use it in their practice. And I can't tell them how to do that. There's too many of everybody. And that's the beautiful and the frustrating part of this is the, I'm sorry, and you're welcome. You're welcome. And I'm really sorry. How do I incorporate this in my practice? And I have no idea. How many rooms do you have? How many patients do you see? What is your income stream? How many assistants do you have? And when you've got everything from massage therapists to neurologists in one class, there's no answer to that question. No. And I'm lucky in the sports or physical medicine and rehab, however, we're going to say it, I can discuss a little bit about this because I have more of a similar practitioner audience, Mm. but going back to the masterclass for a second, it gives practitioners the opportunity to get really personal and specific about their practice and what they need to know. And even if your scope of practice is completely different, 
it is so interesting because I think a lot of times we're talking about cases and there's always a nugget you can bring into your practice or sparks that, oh, geez, that patient had this and maybe I'll try that or refer them to this person. And how do you think about the whole shift in the core that's happened in the last two or three years where this course is not about numbers, it's not about frequencies and everybody goes, wait, I thought it was, and it's not, it's, it's how do you think? Yes. about injury or function and integration and how to incorporate FSM as a tool to help you do what you need to do. Yes. And there's a little pharmaceutical medicine. There's a little functional medicine, more functional medicine than pharmaceuticals, but they go together. And then there's FSM. And there's rehab. So that is how your course became sports and rehab. Right. Because it's how you incorporate FSM into, it doesn't do any good to fix somebody's subscap, rotator cuff, partial thickness tears, unless you know how to teach the patient how to engage their lower trap, the lat, the serratus, how to get everything to fire in the right order. And the only reason I know that is that I've been busted so many times and rehabbed so many times that I know there's an order. But that's where your class is the follow-up to the core for anybody that's doing physical medicine. That's really fun. It is so much fun. I have a lot of things we have to unpack today. Okay. I'm waiting. So it's that time of year where it's after Thanksgiving, it's fall, and I am seeing in California a cascade, no pun intended, of sinus, headache, allergy, mold, mast cell. So I want to talk a little bit about this. And before I go too far, we just had Thanksgiving and we talked about what we were thankful for. And one of the things that I was thankful for was I had an amazing year of reading. I don't even know how many books I read. I was a voracious reader this year. Wow, that's so cool. And I I tried to always have a, a textbook and a fiction book going at the same time. Wow. When you spend a lot of time on airplanes, you get to read a little bit. True. I wanted to just bring out before we go too far, two of my all-time favorite books with the fiction book and the textbook. So the fiction book is The Alchemist. It is my favorite book. I've made my entire family read it. It is tattered and torn and annotated and so cool. This is what happens to our- I I have to put it in my- notes the 25 anniversary edition is so pretty if you can find this and paulo coelho is the author oh yeah that's all right and then one of my favorite textbooks that i read this year is mast cell united it is by amber walker and she is Uh who the book reads like a novel and a textbook all in one it's about her very personal struggle with mast cell and how nobody believed her and the symptoms that she had. And as a PT, she just researched and dug into it. So for the practitioners that are listening, even the patients that are listening, this is a holistic approach to mast cell activation syndrome. It really helped me understand a very complex 
condition that I really didn't know anything about. And I didn't really care about it because I didn't treat it. it. You never have to fix it. So I want to talk a little bit about mast cells, if you don't mind, because it it seems to be. Oh, no. Oh, no. The only thing I was going to say about mast cells. Yes, it's real. And the challenge with treating MCAS without FSM is that the missing piece is turning on the vagus. And nobody else can do that. There's a lot of ways that you approach mast cell activation with pharmaceuticals and diet and supplements, but to repair leaky gut in two weeks, to turn on the vagus because the vagus suppresses T-cells and macrophages are what release histamine when they explode. And they explode when they gobble up IgG antigen antibody complexes. That's all. I want to hear what you have to say because I haven't read the book. Like I said, the the book was really interesting because she just talked about pain and pressure and fatigue and all of these symptoms that I find a lot of women just get thrown into as perimenopausal symptoms. It's quite infuriating. And just deal with it and you'll be fine. And this is just what happens to you. And the thing with MCAS is it's more common in perimenopausal women, but the thing that everybody needs to remember about perimenopause is that it starts sooner than you think it does. Mm -hmm. So it starts when women are around 37, 38, 39. And the first thing that happens when they're 38, 39 is they get depressed and especially premenstrually, but they go to their doctor and say, I'm depressed. And so they're given antidepressants. What you need to realize is that 5-hydroxytryptophan goes to serotonin. And in that chemistry, it's the shortest chemical pathway in the brain for any neurotransmitter. It's two steps. But B6 and magnesium are in that chain. When you're perimenopausal, estrogen really stays the same until you're about 45, 47. Progesterone is produced by the corpus luteum in your ovary. And your ovary looks at its watch when you're about 37, 38 and says, she ain't having any more kids. I'm out of here. And the corpus luteum becomes... It's a really rude word, but it's the word incompetent. It doesn't produce enough progesterone. So they put you on antidepressants until you're 43, 44. And then magically from space comes the fibroid. And the fibroid is there because you have estrogen and not enough progesterone. So... That's the chemistry of perimenopause, then menopause. I learned because I sold estrogen for seven years. And then I listened to various 
folks about and what happens when you can't get to serotonin is depression. But the other thing that happens is that there's an inflammatory and anti-inflammatory pathway. It's a prostaglandin pathway. And B6 is a crucial step in the pathway where you make gamma-linolenic acid or evening primrose oil. That's an anti-inflammatory prostaglandin. And there's B6. When you're perimenopausal, estrogen competes with B6 for that receptor site. And if you have more estrogen and not enough progesterone, B6 gets knocked off and you head down an inflammatory pathway, which is why women get all those symptoms between the age of 40 and 47, 48. You go down an inflammatory pathway. You get the patient related B6 and or you give them progesterone and you give them GLA and the inflammatory stuff goes down. And so it's a whole sequence that starts between 38 and really 50 when you hit menopause. And that's a whole nother conversation. And it's more women than men, but they're more inflamed and their neurotransmitters are cattywampus. Right. And then the vagus gets itself turned down. And then we get to your book about MCAS. So it's like a whole chemistry class talking to you. Um, I'm really sorry. No, but it's fascinating how your multiple careers all piggybacked and helped you out where you are right now. Things do happen in sequences for a reason. I love the word sequence because that's how I think about using FSM. There's a sequence, there's a pattern. You you talked about too, about pattern recognition. That is also how I resonate, no pun intended, with FSM because I love patterns. I love puzzles. I, I, I love to see things and have a plan of attack. As complicated as things like MCAS and Ehlers-Danlos and a whole plethora of autoimmune mold. There's one common denominator that you can always safely start with, and that's the vagus. Pretty much. So that's where multiple machines come in. And that's where you have to just as overwhelming as all this can be, especially when it's not your scope of practice per se, or it's not really where you see a ton of patients. The vagus is going to be compromised in all of these scenarios. And the way I see it is as specific as you can get down the road, nothing you do is going to stick unless that vagus is going to be cooperative. So that's as, like I said, as overwhelming as like that patient history can be, you can just safely extrapolate a couple things out of that whole sentence, get the vagus nerve awake and functional and out of the closet and get it playing with all the other kids in the sandbox again. And then you can start looking at some of the other things. So mold, like I was saying, California has been this huge trigger of sinus pressure, headaches, joint pain, you name it. So the last two weeks, all these patients that haven't been in for a long time were making appointments or dying to get in because they had neck pain. They had sinus pressure. 
And it all came from, oh, I was raking leaves over the weekend. I was cleaning out the yard because everybody came over for Thanksgiving. So in the mode bank, you have a ton of mold programs. And I, you must have updated it with the new software because I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is good. There's mold anxiety, mold sinus, mold respiratory, blah, 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 blah. Toxicity, mold in the brain, mold in the vagus. Yes. And it works phenomenally well. And again, coming from someone who was always thinking, oh, it's scarring in the muscle. <laughs> like I think about how I started. I'm like, oh, you're so cute. Tried to be so What <laughs> You started. That is the thing with FSM. It's like the important thing, there's this slide at the very end that has somebody just diving into the pool. Yeah. I just go home and start. I don't care what you treat. Start someplace. Yeah. Do a, do a physical exam by a pinwheel and go. And you did that. And then once you start, you find out there's no place to stop. You stop when you do something. So remember the Parkinson's patient I talked about last week? Yeah. Oh, no, he wasn't here. Was he here yet? Yeah, you did talk about Parkinson's. It was yeah. very cool because I have a couple. Yes. Yeah. His Parkinson's came from a head injury. He hit 15 times in the head with a metal baseball bat in 1991. Post-traumatic Parkinson's starts 20 to 30 years after the physical injury. So I'm treating usually with toxicity-based Parkinson's. It's You run increased secretions in the basal ganglia in 60 minutes. They don't have Parkinson's temporarily. This guy I run increased secretions in the basal ganglia and absolutely nothing happened. So I started treating trauma in the brain that got his legs back, but his left arm is still locked up. And it's like, what you really need is a drug that your neurologist in New York isn't prescribing for you. So there's an MD here that's a friend who knows, I think it's psychopharmacology. Anyway, neuropharmacology is his specialty even though he's practicing as a GP what the patient needs is yes FSM and what he needs is a receptor agonist so he's doing a phone visit telemedicine visit with this MD so we can do at least a two-day trial of a receptor agonist to see if it will take us to the next step the hardest part about FSM is when it, you can't get it done by yourself. You need alenia. You need to kill the parasites. You really do need antifungals. You really do need antihistamines. There are adjuncts. And so we'll find out. And I, I think that's always been such an important take home is that FSM has never been a um, substitute for surgery medications, a good diet, a good night's sleep. But I firmly believe with every fiber in my body that FSM will always help all those other things work better. Absolutely. Yep. And I get to that because you do, you want to fix, you want a miracle every single day, every single case. You want a slam dunk home run. It's okay. And sometimes it's just not that easy. 
again, the take home has to be, yes, I can't help you from surgery, but I will be there minutes after you wake up with my custom care and I will help you recover faster. I will help you rehab from the surgery better. So there's always something to add. And his his wife has fibromyalgia. And he said that they were coming so that I could help her. And she said they were coming so I could help him. And with her, it's gone from full body pain and sensitization to specific shoulder pain, low back pain, and leg pain. And she's got five disc bulges in her low back and seven disc bulges in her neck. And that's a good face. And she said, the bottom of my feet burn. And I went, so I treated nerve pain, sensation was now normal. And then she got up and she walked around and then she said, my feet burn. So I had her lay prone on the table and do that little teeny straight leg raise and extension. Mm-hmm. And we did that three times on each side and I had her stand up and I said, how do your feet feel? Oh, they don't hurt. And she's getting dressed and she helps them out of the chair. And she said, oh, my feet are burning. Lay down on your tummy, lift your leg, stand up. My feet don't burn. So now anytime your feet burn or your legs burn, you know that the way to fix it is this physical medicine stable state piece that is a one-liner in one slide in the disc and nerve section. And it's like, there you go. That's why it's there. So going back to your fibromyalgia patient, so coming in with like why you said like full body pain, right? Or was it, and I'm assuming 40 and 10 helped normalize that one. It was totally 40 and 10. She had horrendous early childhood trauma actually through her teens and so Vegas and when we got to 40 and 10 I still had to treat her neck we had to treat the disc in discs in the low back the nerve pain in the legs the nerve pain in the arms and then I did the supine cervical in her neck and and she said well my neck still hurts and my pain level is a five. After 40 and 10 for almost 80 minutes, I knew her pain level wasn't a five. So I just switched it to 40 and 89. And I went, now what's your pain level? Oh, it's about a three. What did you do? And I said, does it feel like your brain is looking for the pain? Yeah. I said, so that's what I did was I treated the pain in your brain and it was pretty fun. And they bought a custom care, I'm hoping. Oh, they bought a custom care on Tuesday night because I didn't work on Wednesday. And then it was four day weeks. So it was going to be five days before I saw them. And I put the 10 programs on some for him, some for her that they could use over the weekend. And they did. And they'll go home with one. I don't know how to fix that kind of Parkinson's. It's making me crazy. So MCAS is fairly straightforward, actually, because most of the time they come in on the meds they already need. And the only missing piece is to repair the gut and turn on the vagus. Repair the gut and turn on the vagus. Let the vagus turn the immune system down. And 
it's three, four weeks, maybe, instead of two or three years. It just makes everything you do. What is it? We've got a banner stand, more efficient, more effective, less expensive. That's it. Yes. More efficient, more effective, less expensive. I like that. Yeah. Let's go back to allergies for a little bit. Oh, yeah. So seasonal allergies can be a thing. And after reading, and I can't remember what book it is, and I know you talk about it in the core, but there's one of the textbooks that we talk about that talks a lot about concussion, but not true concussion, but way back osteopathically concussion could happen with series of stress, life changes, barometric changes, seasonal changes. Harry Van Gelder. Yes. I remember reading it, not just with the core though. Yeah. It must've been maybe in the textbook, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it really got me even before I was that adventurous. And even in the time where I thought everything was still the muscle, mm-hmm. uh, there, there always, especially living in Canada, like our seasons are very extreme. Like we have four seasons and it sometimes just comes out of the blue. It goes from summer to winter, literally overnight and people's pain would go up and nothing would make sense until I saw it that way. Oh, it's, it's concussion. It's just, so it's funny, a little pilot study being done this week, just running concussion, not even touching histamine, not even touching anything and people's pain, the pressure, all the buildups. Oh, it just feels, I feel like everything is draining right now. I'm like. Constitutional factors. Yeah. That's according to Harry concussion in the form of stress, emotional or physical trauma and being chilled, getting cold will activate constitutional factors or genetic snips that were off before and then you get chilled or stress and the genes experience an epigenetic change and you now are more sensitive to histamine or pollen or whatever. Right. And it makes so much sense the way you say it like that, because so many people, even with autoimmune experience such more severe symptoms in cooler weather than they do on sunny days. And it's it's not about the color of the sky. This is actually what's happening in your body right now. Yeah. And That's the other thing I have to do between now and March is rewrite the advance. There's two parts to pain. One is how much it actually hurts. And the other is how much you mind it, how much it bothers you or scares you. And if you know where it's coming from. So this poor lady has MRIs showing five bulging discs and a sensor exam from L1 to S2 all hypersensitive. It just came from space. If Tegretol wouldn't take it away, then have a nice life. The physical therapist had her doing exercises that were guaranteed to make a disc worse. So she didn't know where it came from, had no control over it, didn't know how to fix it. So you mind it more 
when it's just this random thing that jumps on you. Once you understand, okay, it's winter, I'm indoors now, the heating system is on. I don't think I've ever had the ducts. When was the last time I had the ducts clean? Nobody thinks that way. But the dust and the HVAC ducting system, the dust that collects there, uh, mold grows on it. So as soon as your heating system comes on, the mold spores get circulated and activate everything. And yeah, so that's actually, I've been really fatigued this week. And I woke up this morning, literally, and then stayed in bed for three hours and put a note in my phone for tomorrow when I'm more conscious, called the duct cleaning folks every year. It's just connecting the dots somehow, right? Exactly. And to know when you're treating and when you're a patient and you're coming with these, it doesn't all have to get tackled in one visit, but... Mm -hmm. I think bite by bite, just take the pain down, first of all. And one of my favorite frequency pairs, just to talk about it, and I don't think you're as big a fan of it that I am, is 20. Oh, yeah. You use that more than I do. I use it in kidney stones, for sure. Where else do you use it? In the sinus. Oh, of course. Pressure. That's a thought. Yeah. And it was almost one of those little bubbles or the bird. Is it that easy? It just might be. Let's try it. Okay. And then (laughs) you're like, wow. And then I literally had somebody who was like, I could literally, her face was just changing before my eyes. You could just see everything drain. So I use pain pressure on joint surfaces sometimes. And I, I love it in the sinuses. So joint surfaces like the meniscus or like the synovium? Yeah, even 157. Mary says pressure in the sinus. Let's check some questions here. Okay, Michelle, patient has a catch in her upper leg when walking, not wanting to lift the leg. Anguinal ligament with a history of C-section five years ago. Okay, so... The way to figure that out is ask her when this catch in her leg started. If it started five years ago, five and a half, four and a half years ago, so about three to six months after the C-section, then the related, it's really hard to cut or injure the inguinal ligament when you're doing a C-section, unless you're doing it with a chainsaw. The pain started after a first time return to karate class, possibly a roundhouse kick. Torn labrum combined with C-section scar. What would be your sleuthing? I love that phrase, sleuthing flowchart. My number one would be an MRI of the hip. She's 52, found relief from a cupping practitioner, but we don't want to do that again. Started after the class. Yeah, she tore the labrum. You already got the answer. Now what you can do if it's part of your scope of practice is you do a hip exam and if you can't order an MRI send her with a note that says patient has symptoms suggestive of torn labrum in left hip 
ask MD to order an MRI. Mm -hmm. And if it started after the kick, now there's a thing that they taught me because I tore the labrum in my left hip, my left hip dislocated, long story. But if you put a ball this big behind your back on the wall and you do a squat, I always put a chair or bench under me just in case my feet slipped, but you squat down and then you stand up and then you squat down. You do that about four times. And one of the quadriceps muscles, you'll know which one, attaches to the joint capsule. So when the labrum tears, it sucks a piece of the capsule in with it. You do these wall squats and it would pull the capsule out, get the labrum unfolded. Michelle, would they do surgery for that? That's another question. Um, labrum repairs in a hip. I only see the ones that go, they work for about six to 12 months. Kim, what do you think? Yeah, I've been blessed with meeting a lot more surgeons these days that are not really into doing surgery. Yeah. So I guess it just depends on the severity, right? And it's pointless to just guess at it until imaging sees what it sees. And the other thing is, so you treat the psoas. So she had a C-section, the scarring in the ureter. So this is Michelle again. Scarring in the ureter will make the psoas tight. The psoas pulls the femoral head up into the joint and compresses the labrum. So I use the same frequency for the labrum as I do the meniscus, 214, and just 124. Fix the psoas so it's not tight. So if the psoas is tight, treat the ureter, the kidney, the kidney fat pad, get the psoas relaxed treat the labrum just for torn and broken traction the hip to give some room and then show her the ball squats and if the labrum is not terribly torn then if there's no fragment if there's no flap it can repair itself if you get the pressure off of it and i tell her i'm really sorry but she really shouldn't go back to karate no surgeon wants to do a hip surgery, at least I don't think they do, wants to do a hip surgery just to trim the labrum because it's a mess. Yeah. It's not. No. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. I agree with everything that you say there. And I would also do 124 on, on the capsule, 124 on the tendon, the rect fem- it's a rectus femoris that typically has that attachment. Anatomy geeks. Yeah. So that's what I would do as well. And it's diagnostic. 124 should help the pain with that quite a bit. Um, and the ball squats are just magic. Yes. I had a torn labrum for a year. My left hip dislocated two weeks after my right hip replacement. Oh. And they just taught me ball squats. And I just fixed it every time it went apart. There you go. All right. Let's get to a couple more questions. Debbie asked about running concussion in Vegas every treatment once a week or just Vegas. I'm not sure if that was in relation to another question or not. Because I think that. Um, I think it's. Just in general. 
It really depends on how much time you have. I have one that has concussion in Vegas and one that has concussion in Vegas minus 94 because I get so many vestibular patients that I just leave that off. But I run that every time they come in. Uh, I think I have a vestibular injury, but I love 94 and 94. (laughs) The thing is, it's only about 20%. But when they react badly to 94 and 94, it's bad. Headache, nausea, throwing up. It's not good. So. Okay, a couple more. Dupuytren's contracture, understanding overproduction of collagen in the pads of hands. Can you dissolve collagen? Affects fascia tissue, tendons, and ligaments. So they're running 124, 77 for 30 minutes. Um, Dupuytren's depends on when you get it, like how soon into it. By the time their hand is like this, um, it's too late there's cords that go clear down into the palm and I don't do 124 and 77 I do 13 and 77 and it's it's actually a genetic change in the structure of the collagen and I'm not sure if 77 matches it if once you change the genetic structure is 77 the right tissue because I have to say I'll soften it for a bit, but if they leave it, I have one patient that left it go until these joints were frozen. And then it's like, you can't, it's surgical. Yeah. So find a good hand surgeon, have yeah. them fix it. And I'll see you two hours after the surgery. Sorry, Cheryl. Looks like Leaf wrote a little recipe for us. Oh, this is Harry. Leaf is part of the Van Gelder family. And those of you that use homeopathy, Dalcomile 30X up to 200C for chill. And then the concussion protocol in homeopathy is Arnica, Hypericum, and Coculus Indicus all at 200C. And I still have the pellets. I run concussion in Vegas on myself every night. So I kind of sidestep the pellets. But that's the Van Gelder solution. Please. Okay, you take Denise. 20-year-old man, three years out from traumatic brain injury with DIA. DAI. DAI. And a hemorrhagic stroke. I'm not sure what DAI is, but whatever it is, just the TBI and the hemorrhagic stroke is bad. Okay, right side paralysis with speech swallowing affected, recovering well eight months out when um, contracted COVID. Mild case, but voice changed. Monthly regressive deterioration of speech the past year and was swelling to the point of having to speak with a lot of effort. Tongue everywhere, very breathy, jaw pulled left. No changes in MRI. Doctors are clueless. What could be going on? Wait for lightning to strike when I say that's kind of easy. Really? Okay, so here we go. Right side paralysis with speech and swallowing affected. So that's you treat basically the sensory motor cortex. Mm -hmm. So that's all the basics plus 81 and 92. But he was recovering well eight months out when he contracted COVID. The vagus is turned off by infection, stress, and trauma. COVID is an infection. It was a mild case, but voice changed. The vagus nerve controls every muscle involved in your vocal cords, every muscle in the vocal cords, except for one. Um, 
and swallowing hmm, the vagus controls every muscle in the pharynx, the larynx, and the esophagus. Um, very breathy. So the vagus, the sensory portion of the vagus interdigitates with C3, 4, and 5 in the spinal cord. And the breathy part is 3, 4, and 5 operate the diaphragm to control your breath. So your vagus opens the vocal cords so you can inhale, closes the vocal cords as you exhale. But if your diaphragm and your vocal cords are not talking to each other, that makes it breathy. Jaw pulled to the left. Not sure where that would go. No changes on MRI. No, because you can't see. I'm going to guess, Denise, if you put a pulse oximeter on him, his pulse will be around in the 80s. If his pulse is elevated above what you would consider normal for a sedentary 77 to 90, that tells you that the vagus is turned down. If he can stick his tongue out, eh, see if his palate will raise, that'll tell you about the status of the vagus or just run long COVID with the tissues being the virus itself, those six frequencies, virus in the vagus, uh, maybe virus in the sensory motor cortex mm. and virus in the capillaries. So I had a long COVID case this week and her symptom was fatigue. And we did, somebody had put her on nicotine. That's a thing for long COVID, but she had a lot of side effects from that. So we just tried all the virus frequencies. Where does fatigue come from? The immune system. Inflammation makes you fatigued. And so we did the six viruses in the immune system, the medulla, the vagus, and the midbrain. And by the time we finished two minutes apiece in the immune system, the fatigue was gone, and the medulla. Then she was perky. She was telling bad jokes, and I swore that she was writing copy for Saturday Night Live when I got to the midbrain. <laughs> Do you see how you follow the the spark? The spark, follow the crumbs. This led to that. Uh, diffuse axonal injury, TBI, blunt injury, affects white matter. That's the problem with my Parkinson's guy is diffuse axonal injuries. There's just some really good papers if you go to NCBI or NIH mm -hmm. on Google, it's a big help to learn about diffuse axonal injuries. Part of our problem is we can't always fix them because by the time they get to us, the axon has died back. So it gets injured at one end of the other. So here's the cell body, here's the dendrites, and the axon is this thing that comes this way. Cell body dies or the axon gets inflamed, stretched, beat up, whatever, and it dies back to the cell body. That's a tough one. Yeah. Okay. Uh
I just want to make sure we don't have any other ones. Michelle says her asthma gets better after concussion in Vegas. Great. I was gone for a month and my dog just had a total stress reaction and she's got rashes and hair falling out and hot spots and all that. And I wrote a just vagal tone for Ellie. And when she climbs into bed with me at night, as soon as it gets to 40 and 94, she passes out and goes to sleep. Oh, you just put the converter next to her and she's laying there next to me. And I just sort of scoot him over four inches. Animals and FSM is like a religious experience to just watch them. Both of my dogs will bust a door down if they know one of the kids is running. And let's face it, I have three athletes in my house. There's always a custom care fixing something. Or two or three. Yes. They even know how to use the precision care. So they're just like, never mind, we'll just do it ourselves. <laughs> and the dogs will scratch and claw to get at the kid that's running FSM. And yeah. doesn't know what it is, but they just want to be near it. It's amazing. And we used to have a cat that if you're running FSM, the cat would come and climb on you. Yeah. I would bring my German Shepherd to the clinic once in a while. She's a German Shepherd. And just to teach her that not everybody's a murderer and she would have her place and she would have to lie there and not react to anybody. But as soon as certain frequencies would be on, and she's a bit, you met my dog. She's a big dog. She would like army crawl and just want to lie. <laughs> like I'm still on my spot. I'm just slowly. And she would just lie underneath the table. They can feel the resonance. Yeah. I mean, you can put a 1300 pound racehorse to sleep on its feet. You got a thing. That was so funny. I was treating a horse and when you start seeing them pawing, I'm like, okay, what's happening? Oh no, she wants to lie down. No, you can't lie down right now. (laughs) A horse? Yes. A horse? Oh yeah. No, then you have to push pause, wake the horse up. Huh? What? Oh wait. Oh, okay. Then you go back and you run it and they start to fall asleep and stop. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Dana. Trying to convince a friend with a 20-year-old basketball knee injury to go see Candace Elliott as he is in Pasadena. Recommended her months ago, and he still hasn't called her. Is there a token phrase to convince people to try FSM? Okay, you can answer this the way you answer it. And it's, did you call Candace yet? No, I just haven't gotten around to it. Okay, how's your knee? It hurts. Okay, do you want it to keep hurting? FSM can't hurt you. It's not that expensive. You could try it. And when you're ready, you have her phone number. You do your thing. And if you want to find out what FSM is, there's this book called The Resonance Effect. By the time you get to page 157, then take you about two hours. And then they, what do you tell them, Kim? So again, 10 years ago, I was that person trying to convince everybody. And I I felt, I don't know, I was almost defensive of it. And now I'm on the other side of it. I know it works. All the patients that I've seen throughout the year know it works. So no, there's no elevator intro or token phrase, unfortunately. I just say with all honesty, like I use a modality that really helps with soft tissue health. It really helps with pain reduction. And 
it's, it's in enough professional sports teams right now. And again, I, I never name drop. I, I never team drop. You can tell people with complete honesty that in the last seven years, both teams in the Super Bowl are using FSM, both of them. And Kansas City Chiefs, first time they've ever been to the Super Bowl. Ever? Ever. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I love that part. The other thing, Dana, is it really depends on your relationship with this person and how they feel about alternative medicine. Mm-hmm. And it's the only other thing I say is pull the Super Bowl card. That's good. And you can tell him that there are 12 uh, NFL teams. And for me, I use a technique where I resurrected frequencies from the 1920s to treat nerve and muscle pain. And there's data from NIH showing that the frequency to reduce inflammation reduces inflammation better than any drug prescription or non-prescription drug on the market. So that's a data point. Trying to avoid surgery, ooh, depends on how bad his knee is. And you can always use it even if he needed surgery. Again, that's when you say, if you end up needing it, we can definitely help with recovery. And if he's a sports fan, it's yeah, okay, football. It's also in the NBA. It's in the NHL. So we're crossing. The NIH is a good source, but if he's also a sports fan, you can pull the Terrell Owens card. If he's old enough to remember that at that point, this is what, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, Put the link to the alchemist. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. We should have a book club. (laughs) That would be fun. We could do that. And the other book is Mass Cells United by Amber Walker. She an MD? She's what? She's a physical therapist. A physical therapist wrote a book about MCAS? She also has the website masscellunited.com. So that's her. Like I said, it reads like a novel because she had it and then she compiled all the research and it's like how I was with FSM and you, I just tried it, fell in love with it, stalked you, took as many courses as I could and look at us now. <laughs> there it is. Kevin did it again. There you go. Thank you Thank so much. I have my little alert that we're closing out on three minutes here. Um, I want to talk again about registering for the advanced, the end of the year sale. There's all these things that are happening. So we have one month to get people registered for early registering for the sports course. My early bird prices ends December 15th. So get on that if you're trying to register for the sports course and sports advanced, and then it'll just go until it's sold out and it always sells out. So that's fun. Do you have the schedule yet for the advanced? Almost. I slept all weekend. <laughs> no, you needed to. But it's coming. I have all the speakers. I just have to put them in the slots. And then we have an ALS case report. We have Karen Perry. And to everybody that's listening, I will need case report presentations. There are going to be 30-minute slots. It's 20 slides, 30 minutes. No more than six bullet points to a slide. And 
it means you get into the advance for free. And I think we pay them something too, don't we? I, yes. Love. There we go. <laughs> and then the schedule next year, London and Ireland, it looks like we're doing them on, they're taking the five-day course online and then we'll do a three-day practicum. So they've got circle, supine cervical, supine cervical, supine cervical, just three days of practicums. And I will do that someplace in London in June, I think at the end of June, first part of July. And then we'll do Rome and Poland in the fall. I'm coming to Dublin. I'm so excited. You are going to love NTC. It's so fun. I can't wait. I think it's the perfect platform to bring this sports and rehab course to Dublin. And you already know John Charkey. Yes. It's going to be so much fun. We get to go out to dinner because his daughter's a waitress at a restaurant. Yay. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. It's a good thing. So I have a quote to end everything with. One of my readings that I've been doing is a little bit on like stoicism. So this is from Socrates. The secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. Oh, yeah. And then there's that quote that I have that says the soul moves first. Yes. So you can't not want something. You can't say, I don't want that. You say, I see this, create that which you focus on. And I think a lot of times when we're dealing with patients, I hear a lot of, I just want to go back to, and it's no, you're, you can never go back to that. You you don't have those cells in your body anymore. So as much as I want to get you, this is your new ankle. This is your ankle today. And we'll make your ankle today better than it was last week. So you you don't even want that. So focusing on the new rebuilding, getting through fall. (laughs) And it's a little bit Zen. It is be where you are now. Whether that is where I am now is on a walker in a boot. That's where you are now. And will you be there forever? No. So you have a vision of what's coming and say what you said again and from Socrates say that again your quote I will say it the secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old but on building the new yeah one day at a time build the new and to answer your question I will be in Dublin I think it was like that second week in July like July eight, nine, 10, or something like that is what we have as our tentative. Let me pull it. Yeah. There were a bunch of emails that went through. Went crazy. Yes. It looks like the FSM core hybrid will be July 4th, five and six. So we'll spend July 4th in Dublin. And then we're going to do the FSM sports and rehab July 7th, 8th and 9th. I think. Okay. Seven, eight sports. Oh, okay. Four, five and six. Yep. And then seven, eight. Got it. I just have to move it. I haven't moved it in the phone yet. Okay, cool. I just know that I can't ever be gone for a month again, unless I find some place to put Ellie. It's sad. Poor little girl. No, we can't leave our baby. She's now all happy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. That's it. We're going to be in San Francisco next week. You're on your own next week. 
I'm really sorry. Oh, I might be on a plane next week. I'll just send out a notice that we're not recording next okay. week. Okay. <laughs> send out a notice that we're not recording next week. You're on a plane. I'm yeah. teaching before in San Francisco. It's yeah. not too late to sign up. Are you going to put a rerun on or just nothing? Uh, I don't know yet. I will figure it out. <laughs> Kevin, I'll figure it out. We're either going to show your favorite rerun or you get to do get something right. else between three and four. Watch three. them all. Watch some old ones back. There's always something to learn. The Frequency Specific Microcurrent Podcast has been produced by Frequency Specific Seminars for entertainment, educational, and information purposes only. The information and opinion provided in the podcast are not medical advice, do not create any type of doctor-patient relationship, and unless expressly stated, do not reflect the opinions of its affiliates, subsidiaries, or sponsors, or the hosts, or any of the podcast guests or affiliated professional organizations. No person should act or refrain from acting on the basis of the content provided in any podcast without first seeking appropriate medical advice and counseling. No information provided in any podcast should be used as a substitute for personalized medical advice and counseling. FSS expressly disclaims any and all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on or any contents of this podcast.